Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, my goal is to help you guys, inspire you to read. Because reading is one of the best things you can do for yourself. If you read, you open your mind to new possibilities. You can achieve more. You can learn more. And you can grow if you read. I'm going to start reading. Reading this book, The Alchemist. Right here. But before I go, I want to tell you a little story. A certain shopkeeper sent his son to learn about the secret of happiness from the wisest man in the world. The lad, by the way, this word right here, lad. This means young man. Lad means a young man. So the lad wandered through the desert for 40 days and finally came upon a beautiful castle high atop a mountain high on top of a mountain it was there that the wise man lived rather than finding a saintly man though our hero on entering the main room of the castle saw a hive of activity tradesmen came and went people were conversing conversing means like having conversations talking Conversing in the corners, a small orchestra was playing soft music. And there was a table covered with platters of the most delicious food in that part of the world. The wise man conversed with everyone, talked with everyone. He talked with everyone. And uh, the boy had to wait for two hours before it was his turn to be given the man's attention. The wise man listened attentively to the boy's explanation of why he had come. But he told him that he didn't have time just then to explain the secret of happiness. So, you know, the young man came to the wise man to ask him about the secret of happiness. He suggested, but the wise man said, sorry, I don't have time to explain this to you. But he suggested that the boy look around the palace and return in two hours. So he said, sorry, I don't have time to explain the secret of happiness. But uh, my suggestion for you, my advice for you is look, look around the palace and come back in two hours. Meanwhile... I want to ask you to do something, said the wise man, handing the boy a teaspoon that held two drops of oil. As you wander around, carry this spoon with you without allowing the oil to spill. He has a spoon, right? And he says, when you carry the spoon, there's oil in it. You cannot spoil, spill the oil. 
The boy began climbing and descending the, the many stairways of the castle, of the palace, keeping his eyes fixed on the spoon. After two hours, he returned to the room where the wise man was. Well, asked the man, did you see the Persian tapestries that are hanging in my dining hall? Did you see the garden that it took the master gardener 10 years to create? Did you notice the beautiful parchments in my library? The boy was embarrassed and confessed that he had observed nothing. He had seen nothing. His main focus, his only concern, had been not to spill the oil that the wise man had entrusted him, had entrusted to him. So he was just focused on not spilling the oil because that's what he told him. Then go back and observe the marvels of my world said the old man. You cannot trust the man if he if you don't know his house. Relieved, the boy picked up the spoon and returned to his exploration of the palace, this time observing all of the works of art on the ceilings and the walls. He saw what did he see? The gardens, the mountains around him. The beauty of the flowers and the taste with which everything had been selected. Upon returning to the wise man, he related in detail everything he had seen. But where are the drops of oil I entrusted to you? Asked the old man, or the wise man. Looking down at the spoon he held, the boy saw that the oil was gone. Well, there's only one piece of advice I can give you said the wisest of wise men. The secret of happiness is to see all the marvels of the world and never to forget the drops of oil on the spoon. This is the secret of happiness. What is it? The secret of happiness is to see all the marvels of the world, all the amazing things in the world, all the amazing things in the world but never to forget the drops of oil on the spoon. Never forgetting your, your goal, your dream. So it's very important to stay focused on your goal, but enjoying life, enjoying life at the same time. So that is the secret. The shepherd said nothing. Do you guys know the meaning of shepherd? What is shepherd? Someone who takes care of uh, sheep. So the shepherd said nothing. He had understood the story the old king had told him. A shepherd may like to travel, but he should never forget about his sheep. Yeah, so you see, he says, yeah, as a shepherd, I do like to travel. But I should never forget about my sheep. That's the main thing. But if he focuses only on the sheep, then he will forget about enjoying life. I really like that. If you have a goal in life, you know, you want to build a future, you want to go to college, you want to find a really, really good job. During this time, make sure that you enjoy life. Like, don't forget everything around you. A lot of people uh, forget about their health, forget about enjoying time with family, uh, maybe traveling a little bit, 
and they're just so focused on the goal that they don't know, they forget how to live. So the balance is very, very important, guys. The balance is very important. And uh, so really, really good point here. I really love this part. The old man looked at the boy and with his hands held together, made several strange gestures over the boy's head. Then taking his sheep, he walked away. So he sold his sheep. He's a shepherd, right? But he told he sold his sheep because he is going to follow his dream. He's going to follow his dream and travel to the pyramids of Egypt. At the highest point in Tarifa, there is an old fort built by the Moors. From atop its wall, one can catch a glimpse of Africa. Melchizedek, Melchizedek, the king of Salem, sat on the wall of the fort that afternoon and felt the, Le the Levanter blowing in his face. The sheep fidgeted nearby, uneasy with their new owner and excited by so much change. All they wanted was food and water. Melchizedek, Melchizedek, Melchizedek washed a small ship that was plowing its way out of the port. He would never again see the boy. That's it. Just as he had never seen Abraham again after having charged him his one-tenth fee. That was his work. The gods should not have desires because they don't have personal legends, but the king of Salem hoped desperately that the boy would be successful. It's too bad that he's quickly going to forget my name, he thought. I should have repeated it for him. Then when he spoke out, spoke about me, he would say that I am Melchizedek, Melchizedek, the king of Salem. He looked to the sky, feeling a bit bashed, and said, I know it's the vanity of vanities, as you said, my lord. But an old king sometimes has to take some pride in himself. And now, you know, he's going. He's going to Africa. So, yeah, he's in Africa. How strange Africa is, thought the boy. He was sitting in a bar very much like the other bars he had seen along the narrow streets of Tangier. Some men were smoking from a gigantic pipe that they passed from one to the other. <laughs> uh, do you guys know which one this one? What, what this is? Gigantic pipe. That is Hookah Habibi. In just a few hours, he had seen men walking hand in hand. Women with their faces covered, and priests that climbed to the tops of towers and chanted as everyone about him, about him went to their knees and placed their foreheads on the ground. If we have any Muslims here, he's talking about praying Salah. A practice of infidels, he said to himself. As a child in church, he had always looked at the image of Saint Son 
Santiago Matamoros on his white horse. His his sword and uh, unsheathed and figures such as these kneeling at his feet. The boy felt ill and terribly alone. So all of a sudden he's like, oh my God, I feel alone, bro. What am I doing on this strange land in this strange country? The infidels had an evil look about them. Besides this, in the rush of his travels, he had forgotten a detail, just one detail, which could keep him from his treasure for a long time. Only Arabic was spoken in this country. The owner of the, of the bar approached him, and the boy pointed to a drink that had been served at the next table. It turned out to be a bitter tea. Do you guys know the meaning of bitter? What is bitter? Bitter. Bitter means not sweet. The opposite of sweet. The opposite of sweet. The boy preferred wine, but he didn't need to worry about that right now. What he had to be concerned about was his treasure and how he was going to, uh, going to go about getting it. The sale of his sheep had left him with enough money in his pouch, and the boy knew that in money there was magic. Whoever has money is never really alone. Before long, maybe in just a few days, he would be in the pyramids, pyramids of Egypt. An old man with a breastplate of gold wouldn't have lied just to acquire his sheep. The old man has spoken about signs and omens, and uh, as the boy was crossing the strait, he had thought about omens. Omen. Omen is like a sign, you know, something you see. Sometimes it can have a negative meaning, but it can also have a positive meaning. Yes, the old man had known what he was talking about. During the time the boy had spent in the fields of Andalusia, he had become used to learning which path he should take by observing the ground and the sky. He, dis he had discovered that the presence of a certain bird meant that a snake was nearby, and that a certain shrub was a sign that there was water in the area. The sheep had taught him that. All right, let's go, big boy. If God's lead, if God leads the sheep so well, he would, he will also lead a man. He thought, and that made him feel better. He's like, yeah, I understand. I am alone in this country. I don't speak Arabic, but I have God with me, so I'll be okay. I'll be okay. The tea seemed less bitter. Who are you? He heard a voice ask him in Spanish. So he's like, ¿Quién eres? ¿Cómo estás, señor? ¿Habla español? Habibi, habla español. The boy was relieved. He was thinking about omens and someone had appeared. Because if you think about it, you know, the guy doesn't speak Arabic. So someone in Spanish is like, hey, how are you? Who are you? Who are you? Quien eres? Quien eres? So he's like, oh my God, thank God. Gracias a Dios. 
Alguien habla español aquí. Whoa. How come you speak Spanish, bro? He asked. The new arrival was a young man in western dress. But the color of his skin suggested that he was from the city. He was about the same age and height as the boy. Almost everyone here speaks Spanish, Habibi. He's like, yeah, todo habla español. We're only two hours from Spain, so yeah. Sit down. Let me treat you something, said the boy. And ask for a glass of wine for me. I hate this tea. Can you please get me some wine? There is no wine in this country, Habibi. The wine man said, the religion here forbids it. So, yeah. The boy told him that he needed to get to the pyramids. He almost began to tell about his treasure. Bro, you can't tell, you can't go around tell your goal to everybody. This is something really, really crazy. Like if you have a goal, like a specific goal, keep it to yourself. You see, he almost told him. He's like, yeah, I'm going to the pyramids of Egypt. There's this treasure. No, keep your goals to yourself. So he almost began to tell about his treasure, but decided not to. If he did, it was possible that the Arab would want a part of it as payment for taking him there. He remembered that uh, he remembered what the old man had said about offering something you didn't even have yet. Yeah, don't make a promise if you if you can't keep it. I would like you to take me there if you can. I can I can pay you to serve as my guide. So he's like, I'm going to Egypt. If you can take me, I'll I'll pay you. Do you have any idea how to get there? The newcomer asked. He's like, bro, do you have any idea how to get there? The boy noticed that the owner of the bar stood nearby listening attentively to their conversation. He felt uneasy at the man's presence. So he he didn't feel good. This guy in Spanish talking to him and he's like, man. But he had found a guide and didn't want to miss out on an opportunity. You have to cross the entire Sahara Desert, said the young man. And to do that, you need money. I need to know whether you have enough money. The boy thought, thought it a strange question, but he trusted the, in the old man who had said that when you really want something, the universe always conspires in your favor. So he's, he's like, yeah, this is a weird question that he's like, bro, you have enough money? But at the same time, he's like, yeah, the old man told me you know, when you really want something, the universe will help you to get it. So he's like, yeah, maybe this this is a good sign. Like this guy is really trying to help me. He took his money from his pouch and showed it to the young man. So he took out his cash and he's like, yeah, this is my money. The owner of the bar came over and looked as well. The two men exchanged some words in Arabic. What? what are you doing? So they talked in Arabic. And the bar owner seemed irritated. Irritated means angry, upset. Let's get out of here, said the new arrival. So he told Santiago, he said, let's get out of here. He wants us to leave. 
The boy was relieved. He got up to pay the bill, but the owner grabbed him and began to speak to him in an angry stream of words. The boy was strong and wanted to retaliate, but he was in a foreign country. His new friend pushed the owner aside and pulled the boy outside with him. He's like, bro, he wanted your money. He wanted your money, he said. Tangier is not like the rest of Africa. This is a port, and every port has its thieves. The boy trusted his new friend. He's like, what are you talking about? Thieves. He's such a cool dude. He's trying to take me to, to the pyramids of Egypt. He's so nice. No worries. I'm going to give him my, my money. I trust the guy. The boy trusted his new friend. He had helped him out in a dangerous situation. He took out his money and counted it. We could get to the pyramids by tomorrow, said the other, taking his money. But I have to buy two camels. So he's like, yeah, give me your money. I'll take you to the pyramids of Egypt, but we need to buy two camels and I'll take you. So they walked together through the narrow streets of Tangier. Everywhere, there were stalls with items for sale. They reached the center of a large plaza where the market was held. There were thousands of people there, arguing, selling, and buying. Vegetables for sale among daggers and carpets displayed alongside tobacco. But the boy never took his eye off his new friend. After all, he had all his money. He thought about asking him to give it back, decided he would be that would be unfriendly. He's like, ah, I don't want to ask. He'll take care of my money. It's rude. He knew nothing about the customs of the strange land he was in. I'll just watch him, he said to himself. He knew he was stronger than his friend. Suddenly, there in the midst of all the confusion, he saw the most beautiful sword. Do you guys know what a sword is? What is a sword? This is a sword. So he saw this beautiful sword in the market. He had ever, the most beautiful he had ever seen. The scabbard was embossed in silver. And the handle was black and entrusted, encrusted with precious stones. The boy promised himself that when he returned from Egypt, he would buy that sword. So he really loved the sword. He's like... Man, this sword is awesome. So he wanted to ask his friend. Ask the owner of that stall how much the sword cost, he said to his friend. Then he realized that he had been distracted for a few moments looking at the sword. His heart squeezed. As if his chest had suddenly compressed it. He was afraid to look around because he, oh my God, he knew what he would find. He continued to look at the beautiful sword for a bit longer until he summoned the courage to turn around. All around him was the market with people coming and going, shouting and buying, and the aroma of strange foods, but nowhere could he find 
his new companion. Nowhere he could find his friend, his new friend. The boy wanted to believe that his his friend had simply become separated from him by accident. He decided to stay right there and await his return. As he waited and waited, a priest climbed to the top of a nearby tower and began his chant. He began calling for prayer. Everyone in the market fell to their knees, touched their foreheads to the ground, and took up the chant. So everyone started praying salah. Then, like a colony of worker ants, they dis- dismantled their stalls and left. The sun began its departure as well. The boy watched it through its trajectory for some time, until it was hidden behind the white houses surrounding the plaza. He called that. He recalled that when the sun had risen, or risen, that morning he was on another continent, another country, still a shepherd with sixty sheep. And looking forward to meeting with a girl. That morning, he had known everything that was going to happen. It was going to happen to him as he walked through the familiar fields. But now, as the sun began to set, he was in a different country, a stranger, a stranger, in a strange land. Where he couldn't even speak the language, he was no longer a shepherd, and he had nothing—not even the money to return and start everything over. That is tough. That is difficult. Have you guys ever been in this situation? It's not easy. All this happened between sunrise and sunset. The boy thought. He was feeling sorry for himself. He was feeling so sorry for himself, and lamenting the fact that his life could have changed so suddenly and so drastically. He was so ashamed that he wanted to cry. He had never even wept in front of his own ship, sheep. So he wanted to cry, and he had never even cried in front of his own animals. But the market was empty, and he was far from home, so he wept. He cried. He cried and cried and cried. Weep is another word for crying, so wept is past. He wept because God was unfair, and because this was the way God repaid those who believed in their dreams. This is like he was being so negative. When I had my sheep, I was happy, and I made those around me happy. People saw me coming and welcomed me. He thought, but now I am sad, and I am alone. I'm going to become bitter and distrustful of people because one person betrayed me. So he's like, I'm never gonna be happy again. But I'm also never gonna trust people again. I'm going to hate those who have found their treasure because I never found mine, and I'm going to hold on to 
what little I have because I am too insignificant, I'm too small and weak to conquer the world. He opened his pouch to see what was left of his possessions. Maybe there was a bit left of the sandwich he had eaten on the ship. But all he found was the heavy book, his jacket, and the two stones. Two stones. That the old man had given him. As he looked at the stones, he felt relieved for some reason. He had exchanged his sheep for two precious stones that that had been taken from a gold breastplate. He could sell the stones and buy a return ticket, but this time I'll be smarter, the boy thought, removing from the pouch so he could put them in his pocket. This was a poor town, and the only truthful thing his friend had told him was that poor towns are full of thieves. They're full of thieves. But this is all he had. And now he understood why the owner of the bar had been so upset. He was trying to tell him not to trust that man. I am like everyone else. I see the world in terms of what I would like to see happen, not what actually does. He ran his fingers slowly over the stones, sensing their temperature and feeling their surfaces. They were his treasure. Just handling them made him feel better. They reminded him of the old man. When you want something, when you really want something, all the universe conspires in helping you to achieve it. Everyone repeat after me. When you want something, all the universe conspires. All the universe helps, plans in helping you achieve it. When you really want something and you trust God, then he can help you achieve it. He will help you achieve it. Uh, my goal is to help you guys inspire you to read because reading is one of the best things you can do for yourself. If you read, you open your mind to new possibilities. You, you can achieve more, you can learn more, and you can grow if you read. I hope that this little reading here inspired you to, to go out there and achieve the things that you want to achieve in life because life is too short.